Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 35 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-game recap of Inter Monza, which finished 2-0 at the San Siro, courtesy of goals by Lautaro Martinez in the 8th minute and 76th minute. Inter starts their campaign with three points. After Napoli picked up three points today, Fiorentina picked up three points today. Um, always important to start the season on the uh, on the right foot, and we were able to get the get the job done. A professional performance. Uh, if my voice is a little hoarse, I was at uh, a wedding this weekend, so um, Johnny might have to do uh, a lot of the talking here. But uh, I'm sure he's got a lot to say. So as always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. Johnny, three points off the bat. What'd you think? I mean, honestly, I, I love the start. Thought it was very comfortable from the the, the get go. There was no moments where I had any any panic or worry. To be quite honest, I feel like we really controlled the game. Um, maybe not so much in the possession side of things, but I feel like we were we may have let them have the ball because we had nothing to worry about. You know, they could they could pass all they want, play. Um, you know, I mean, Grella called it total football, but sure, if you if that's what you want to call total football, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, it didn't lead to anything. Now, I mean, I'll I'll give uh, Monza a little bit of break. They they lost what three, potentially four starters from their team, you know, from last season in in Sensi, Rovella, and Carlos Augusto, and of course, two of them, you know, are at, are at Inter now. So, but hey, I'm very happy with the result. Very happy with the performance. Um, yeah, looking forward to to diving into to talking more about it, of course. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway um, from this game, at least in terms of the style of play, is like this wasn't the most exciting game, right? Especially that first half. It really did feel like two teams, you know, that just finished preseason. And it sort of it takes takes a little bit of time to build into your intensity. I thought the second half obviously was a little bit more intense, but you're you're completely right in terms of this being a really comfortable performance. There wasn't a ton of, um, let's say, actions uh, that were really, really beautiful. There, there were a few things that we we love to see, but uh, the team obviously, you know, has some work to do to um, to get into it. But at the end of the day, three points is three points. Um, I don't think it's indicative of of how we're going to play all season. Obviously, we have a lot of changes in the team as well. Um, Turam's first game, you know, we'll get into how he looked today. Arnatovic coming off the bench, another debutante that um, was able to make an impact. And the the team is going to be playing better uh, as the season goes on. But today was just, you know, it did have that walk in the park feeling to it, which I'm fine with. Um, I'm happy that that my team is back and we get to uh, get to watch them. Um, but there is a lot there. There might be not a lot to talk about in terms of. Um, you know, all the different moments in the game, but there's a lot to talk about in terms of the actual player performances. Um, and I thought there were some some really good ones today. Let's talk about what has probably been the most frequently discussed uh, area of the team this summer, the attack, right? So we had 
you know, we have two new players. Correa didn't make an appearance. So we basically got to see Lautaro, Arnautovic, and, and Turam. For your money, how did those three how did those three perform today? Um, what did you think of of how they linked up and, and how they looked uh on two of their debuts? To be honest, I loved it. Um I said it from like just seeing Turam and the way he's able to push and the way he's able to to just explode explode really. You know, he bursted past the Monza defense. I love seeing that. I don't remember the last time I've seen someone use that kind of pace. I actually, that's a lie. Since Hakimi, I haven't seen pace like that, been able to exploit uh, defenders, and I loved it. I mean, everything with, with that I saw from him was great. Link-up play, strength. There was a play in the first half where he was kind of along the sideline and out-muscled. I forget who it was, but he kept the ball, passed it, forward to Barella and they were able to go off on the break I mean to have that type of lower body strength to stand upright still and not be knocked off of it was was amazing to see I having seen a lot of him um, normally he was obviously you know playing a little more on the left and going out a little bit wider and then coming in and then he was more centralized one at, at his last season with Mönchengladbach but I don't recall maybe because in, in the Bundesliga they don't play that physically um, as they do in Serie A, but I never really saw that that level of strength from him, and I loved it. Um, listen, I think the goals will come. I'm I'm not too worried about it. You know, people are like saying things like, "Oh, you know, he, I need to see better finish." Well, he didn't have any clear cut opportunities. He didn't have any really chances to be clear on goal. The closest he got was in the second half, where a cross came in from Dumfries, where he was just maybe I don't know a, a couple inches or a foot short. I've been able to get on the end of that, and who knows? Maybe that would have been the second goal for us. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to be that hard on him. I I, I loved it. So, I, there there also ahead. were there were opportunities to get him the ball where we didn't we weren't able to get him the ball right. So I think like it's not he was getting himself in good positions. Um, and you're right, like he didn't have a lot of clear cut opportunities, but the potential to get on the end of some stuff was there. We just didn't we didn't really execute. I think with Turam. This is not necessarily fair, but it's a comparison that has to be made given how much we, you know, relied on Lukaku. These players are, they're very, very different. Lukaku is stronger in terms of, you know, his hold-up play and his back-to-goal. But Turam is superior when it comes to the link-up, when it comes to playing, you know, in tight spaces. Um, I thought he did really well just his decision making was really good in terms of his his link up play he had really good instincts for you know who was around him and and when he should lay off and i also think a part of lukaku's game that we saw sort of diminish um as his career at inter has gone on was being able to get into those runs into the channels i think are going to be tudam's biggest strength he has really good instincts for space for finding space you mentioned his pace. He can get, you know, he can get behind uh, defenders. And if Pavard comes in with Bastoni in the back, there are going to be a lot of opportunities for him to get in behind the defense. And then, like you said, we'll see how his finishing holds up. We'll see how his finishing holds up. We, we haven't been able to see it yet and we can't really comment on it. But I think we can make a judgment or an assessment that this is a different kind of player than we've had um, in our our striker department over the past couple of years, but there is real there is real potential. There is real potential. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I think he, he made a good account of himself and I'm excited to keep seeing him play. The, the man who was on the score sheet twice today, our new captain, Lautaro, um, I thought he had a brilliant game. He lacked a lot of the service that he typically is used to. But I think in terms of sort of one of the biggest criticisms against him is, you know, he goes missing during important moments. He did not do that today. Two clear-cut chances, finished both of them. He did send a, you know, a shot wide, um, but I thought he was really good at at holding up the ball in front of the box, working some fouls, um, and the captain put in put in a performance that he can be proud of today. And he gets two on the score sheet. The Capo Canonieta race is is on. Yeah, I mean, great start from him. Love to see him getting on the score sheet, not only once but twice. I kind of wish um, Inzaghi would have left him on to try to get the hat trick. I don't know why. I mean, there was. Maybe I don't know if you're worried about he even even still like there's no reason to to not play him and let him let him get it let him try at least it is what it is though I mean again beautiful performance the way he was able to get on the end of that that cross from Dumfries hats off to him you know obviously I give him a lot of flack or slack whatever you want to call it um, but he was able to to deliver a good ball there and and Lautaro finished it beautifully and then I mean. New boy, Arnatovic, great movement, burst into the box, delivers a great uh, low cross there that Lautaro gets on the end of. 2-0, game over, beautiful, love to see it. Um, Listen, I didn't want Arnatovic to be the third striker. It's not that I didn't want him. I never said I didn't want him. I just wanted him to be the fourth, and I would have loved Balogun or or really Skamaka was the guy I wanted. But it didn't happen, so I was a little worried, especially with the price. However, if he continues to play like this and put in effort and performances like this, ten million is going to be nothing in, at the yeah. end of it. You know, um, if he's able, to, I think you you would pay ten million for fifteen goals. For this kind of yeah, for fifteen yeah. goals, and I'm not saying like all goal. Like I mean, you know, goal production, nine goals, six assists, whatever. You right. know, if he continues to do stuff like this, I loved it. The link up play, the ball he delivered to. You know the back heel to Mkhitaryan that then get, then got released to Augusto. I mean, I loved yeah. it. I loved everything I was seeing, and he looks like he's shown up with with a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Of course, the first time around, he only had like three substitution appearances, um, and I'm sure now he really wants to make uh, you know his presence known. Obviously, I don't think the greeting that he got from at Coney when he was doing his medical hurts either. You know the motivation, so. I wish him nothing but the best. I'm excited to see what he can do, and hopefully he can, you know, prove me wrong. I didn't think he was good enough to be the third. Not that I didn't think he was good enough to be at Inter, but not the third. But I'm, I, if he continues to do this, I will be more than happy to apologize, eat my words, whatever you want to call it, because I mean, I loved it. And somebody in uh, the group text, I don't know if you saw it, but they said they, you know, they said, what's the difference? What is really the difference between Arnautovic and 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 Lukaku aside from the goals? And to be honest, like the way he played today, the way he was able to hold the ball up in the corner um, and be strong on the ball, there's there really isn't much of a difference outside of Lukaku having a better point touch. Yeah, and the burst. I think the burst, like he doesn't, there were a couple times today where you could see that he's not the kind of player that um, is going to be beating his man consistently. Not like, you know, we've seen Lukaku do that a lot, but um, that, again, that was sort of fading towards the end of his career. But towards the end of his Inter career. But on the Arnautovic thing, you said something that I think was my biggest takeaway. The word is presence. 
on the pitch, he has a presence. You can see he's a very fiery player, um, which I don't think anybody, any team that wants to challenge for important trophies should have players that have that kind of grinta. So that was good to see. Um, but he had a, a really, really good presence. And the the thing that I think people don't understand about the Arnautovic thing, the deal itself, not not the best deal in terms of, you know, was this for value? Was this the right move? But the player, and we've been saying it, you know, as soon we said it, as soon as the breaking news happened while we were on the pod, his goal scoring record at Bologna was one goal every two games. You're going to see people's eyes are going to be opened when you're playing with better players you're able to express your true qualities and he he has real quality on the ball you tweeted out um how strong he is at holding up the ball he he is a bull and he's built like it too like you know his legs are stocky his his upper body is uh is stocky he's going to be hard to to push off the ball but then you add that to the actual technical quality in terms of his link up play in terms of you know his passing it, you know the little flicks and stuff um, I think he's going to be a, a really, really solid fit. I think he's going to be a really solid fit. And um, you also made can I, another... Can I, can I say a hot take, too, about him? Yeah. Okay. I, I think he's going to prove to be the best signing of the summer. I can absolutely see that happening. I could, I, I really do. And it's no knock on anybody else. I just think... maybe, And maybe it's because the expectations weren't as high as you know, maybe you would have for a Fratesi for Augusto or... Um, I can't even think of who else. Sommer, Bissek, whatever. I think that he's going to come in and and exceed all of our expectations. Yeah. Maybe I'd say honestly between him and Turan, but I, but I I have a feeling that he's going to do even better than I would have ever imagined, and I'm hopeful, hopeful at the very least. Too too often players are are a, there's a knock against them, like if they're not a really sexy name, especially when it comes to these transfers. Like when people first saw the name, they weren't excited about it which i understand the lack of excitement and also the fact that he plays in bologna so a lot of people that are on twitter that are like oh my god we're signing they're looking at a 34 year old striker you know whatever it is we're, we're getting a guy from bologna whatever it might be you can't you have to look at the player and you have to look at the technique and you have to look at the quality of the player when you put good players in good teams they're going to express themselves, you know, to the fullest of their ability. And you're right. Marco is a candidate to really, to really surprise a lot of people. Um, and we'll see. I think there was another thing that you said, just to go back to the Lautaro thing, like not understanding, you know, why he was subbed off. Don't you think it's interesting that Correa is on the bench and instead of going with the two strikers and having Arnautovic and Correa be partnered up for the rest of the thing, that instead of going to Correa, he went to the 3-5-1-1 with Mkhitaryan in behind. I thought that's... If, we, if we're to sort of like play it out why that would happen, maybe Simona sees that he's going to have to play um, 3-5-1-1 this season more often than he wants to because maybe he's coming around on the fact that Correa is likely not going to be a factor and we have to see we have to see this this style of play and and if we can be effective with it it's a, i think we can i prefer sensi in that role but mikitarian has played it before but it's interesting that korea didn't didn't come on right uh 
Also, is he not coming on because they're saving him for a transfer? Like they they don't want to. I don't. Well, I don't know. I mean, I hope we all hope that that's the case. Uh, I think because of the muscle issues that him and Sensi have, I think that could have been a reason why he decided to just go to the three five one one. Because if I put him on in this extreme heat and they're not properly hydrated, that's easier to to pull muscles and and do stuff like that. So maybe maybe preservation was more the reason. I think that I do think that there is a little bit of a. I don't know if I can count on Korea. Let me see what I can do if I have to throw on Fratesi and push Mkhitaryan more forward or throw Sensiam more forward at some point in the season. And I think that's what they're going to probably have to do. Maybe more so against like the, the weaker level opponents, you know, like a Cagliari Leche, Frosinone, stuff like that. There's more quality on the pitch when it is that 3-5-1-1 with Mkhitaryan and Sensi as opposed to having Korea as the second striker. Not even a question, right? Like, yeah, like, it, it, and even though Mickey Tarrant didn't have the best game and I wanted him to be subbed and for whatever reason, Inzaki has his love fest with him and wants to play him 96 minutes a game. It is what it is. But yes, I still think that even when he's tired and not playing at his best, he's still going to offer you more than what Korea offers you going forward. So, yeah, I mean, it looked good. It, um, I, I did like some of the runs that Arnatovic even made. There was a few... A few passes played. Mkhitaryan played him in through once, and then uh, I think, well, it was was it? I don't remember now, but it doesn't matter. But there was an oh no, it was uh, it was Augusto who gave him a ball that he no Barella who gave him a ball that he just couldn't get a touch on to control when he was at the edge on, on of the eighteen that he could have brought in from the like the left side and probably tried to curl it far post on on Di Gregorio. But my goodness, like, uh, it. I know it's just Monza, and it's a weaker Monza than what we played against last season, but it, it was yeah. nice to see things, one, to be calm. Like, I don't think we've had a, a calm first game probably since Conte's first season against Lecce, where it was like just an easy game, nothing, no stress, nothing, no fuss. The um, Candreva screamer. Yeah, the Candreva screamer game. Yeah. So it was a good first result. I, I hope, you know, we can keep this going and looking forward to the game at Cagliari. This is going to be so interesting to watch people's narratives change. They they just did the Sky interview with Simone after the game, and Costa Curta said, Simone, Arnatovic will give you problems. He's going to give you a big hand, which is not... With the, it's been all criticism, right? And then in a 15-minute cameo, he shows his quality, and now all of a sudden everyone's on the reverse. You know, there may be some receipts that need to um, need to be kept, for uh after this transfer window and we'll see how the players perform but forward department you get a you get a good grade for today let's talk about this midfield um in my opinion Barella again showed his class I know that he it wasn't his most effective game um and we did like it wasn't you know it's not one that he's gonna put on the uh the resume for games to go back and watch but you see that flick for Inter's first goal where he just has you know the peace of mind to just casually dump the ball over to uh to Dumfries with a little flick like he did he did a number of those touches where his class just oozes oozes off the screen um tremendous tremendous player and um yeah really really showed his quality in moments today Mikitarian uh I am hope after the first half, the thought that I had was that I'm hoping that Fratesi is able to to make his impact on the team um, and get into the side because 
he squanders some chances. Um, and I just think that Fratesi's directness is going to be really exciting to see link up with Thuram and Lautaro and Barella and so forth. Uh, Chalanoglu in the first half, uh, I didn't feel like he was that involved. Second half, he was amazing. Amazing, amazing tackle on a goal-saving tackle. Um, and then was spraying the ball all over the field. Uh, he had a really Goal amazing second tackle, half. He blocked the shot. The only thing I, I will say is, Inzaghi, can we stop having him take the free kicks? The free kicks, yeah. And Di Marco's on the field. Just let Di Marco take him. I think he's better um, at set pieces. I think Chalano- I, I don't think Chalanogo has scored a free kick goal for us ever. No, no. Um, yeah, I think I would rather see Di Marco take them. You could let Chala could take the corners. That's fine. But like the in terms of free kicks, no matter what side of the pit, you know, on the box that you, you're at, I think he should just be the one taking them going forward. But especially like, when the free kicks are complaint about him. Especially when the free kicks are like right outside the box. He, I yeah. don't think he he does well at getting it back down um, under the bar when he's really close like that. I actually think he, I prefer him taking free kicks that are a little far farther out um, and having you know DiMarco do those yeah. closer ones. But yeah. Um, what did you think of? Let's talk about just the starters. What did you think of uh, their their three performances today? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I, like I said, I, I wasn't crazy about about Mkhitaryan's performance. It is what it is in that regard. Um, I think he grew into the game, but I still think that he's just he's showing signs of his age. It's not it's not really a, a quality thing. I just think it's you know him just. Father time is undefeated. You know, he always it always catches up with you. So I think um, I think. He'll start to begin the season, and I think as the season grows, we may see Fratesi ease into the role, maybe take over that at some point, um, being the full-time starter. Barella, I mean, I, I it's hard for me. I, I think because he has such games where he is so dominant and so controlling and so influential in the play that when he has games like this where it's not so noticeable that it, it almost looks like a knock on him, but I just think that uh, he's just got so many boatloads of class that it makes it hard for him to to stand out each and every game. So the flick, like you said, was a thing of beauty. I don't know many guys. And that's why I really think that he is the best number eight in the world, in my opinion. I don't think a lot of guys would have that kind of control, that kind of composure, that level of touch. I mean, maybe Prime yeah. Tiago would have had that when he was at Bayern and and some other guys you could probably throw out, you know, who are a little past their pat, like they're past their peak. So yeah, he plays the game I mean, like a kid having fun, like you know, he really trying does. things. And and then Hakan, you know, like you said, yeah, not not the best first half, but in the second half, he definitely was much better. He was pinging the ball around, um, had a good you know block there that that probably saved the goal to be honest, and and a few good takeaways. As I think he was a lot better defensively than I would have anticipated. Because I, I, I felt like he was doing so well last year is because he knew Brozovic was on you know on his back, that he could take the job back at any time if he dropped stinkers. And I was worried that he would just think, it's mine. I'm going to be a starter week in and week out. I don't really have to try that hard. But yeah. it looks like he, he is still just as motivated as he was when he when he first got here. So hats off to him on that. Um, for, as a whole, I think the starters, all, all 11 really, I can't point to one starter being... Poor, really. I was I was yeah. really impressed with everybody. So, yeah, and so the only midfielder that came off the bench, it was only ten minutes. It was Fratesi. We didn't really get to see 
his quality come through. So I can't really say, you know, one way or the yeah, other it is a player that I do want to see more of for sure. Like I, yeah, I know you're, you're not his no, biggest I, fan, but I'm, it's not that I'm not his biggest fan. It's that I was just more hyped for Samarch. It's just because he's a more technical player. And I think he offers a little bit more going forward. In my opinion, I know that Fratesi scored more goals than him last season, but I also think he, you know, because of how poor Sassuolo was up front, he had to be more involved. Whereas Udinese had Delofeo, they had Beto, then they had, even though I don't like Beto, I'm not trying yeah. to say, but I just feel like they didn't have to rely on him as much. And he still scored five goals some marches. But hey, I, yeah. I do want Fratesi to be a success here. I do think he will be a success here. Um, you know, I just jokingly said, you know, like, oh, some marches would have scored already if he was on the pitch. But I mean, I. <laughs> I'm just giving him a hard time. That's all. I, I, I think it's, you know, people think I, I dislike him and that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um, he's going to get his opportunities because obviously we're talking about a, a 34-year-old Mkhitaryan and the other midfielders that didn't make appearances today were Sensi and Aslani. Interesting rumors from L'Equipe that if um, one of the Saudi clubs is unable to sign Verati, that they would look over at Hakan. It's way too, like, I I think that Hakan is a player with resale value um, and you could probably get a good deal, especially from, from the Saudis for him, but it's way too late in the window. Um, and Aslani know, is... If 50 million comes in, I, I would listen. If 50, if 50 comes in, I would definitely listen. I would definitely listen. But what's the plan for the Regista? You know, like, what's the plan at Regista? Because it can't just be Aslani... Um, no, obviously it wouldn't just be Aslani. I'm sure they would go after somebody, though. But again, but who, I, I just like, threw out a random number. I, I don't uh, even know, you know who what? they would, I would go I would, after. I would, I, would have to, I would have to honestly think about it. I don't... I haven't if really they, thought about If they that receive position. an offer for 50, they, they probably would take it. <laughs> even though it's late in the year, even though they'd have to invest in another midfielder, we just don't turn down capital gains... Like that, we just, he, take, he, we just take that and free. throw it to Real Madrid for Chuameni. Imagine, kidding. imagine. But you know, we'll we'll see what unfolds there. I don't think it's anything that Inter Interisti should be particularly worried yeah, about I'm at this point too, in time. I'm not too concerned with it. I don't think anything's going to come of it. I think it's just all rumors yeah. or 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 maybe putting pressure on PSG to just let go of Verratti. So Verratti. you know, I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Wing, wingbacks did well today. Um, Di Marco had a lot of opportunities to score today. A lot of opportunities. Um, some wayward shooting. You know, he'll be fine. He'll he'll figure it out. But I do like the fact that you know the wingbacks in the system are are still getting forward and still uh, still creating chances. Don't freeze, obviously, with the assist for Lautaro. He had some poor giveaways. Um, which is a staple of his game. Uh, and Cuadrado, when he came on, honestly, both subs at wingback looked, looked really good. I, I think Carlos Augusto is going to be a really good player. Um, I think he... You think he's going to be better than, than Gozens? I'm just curious. Not that I'm questioning it. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think... I think I think he can be. The style of play is, is obviously really different. Um, but Augusto seems like he has really good instincts for getting in the box. Like you saw him in the box a lot today, even getting on the end of a corner, 
Um, he is physical. Um, he has sort of that stature that, you know, would allow him to be a factor in the box on set pieces. Uh, I think he's really good, like inverting. I think he's really good getting into combining with the midfield, like in as more of an inverted winger, which is the new tactical revolution that everybody's on. Um, but I think he can be a good player for us. Cuadrado, you know, showing the shiftiness that we've seen over his 300 games in Serie A. Um, had a nice layoff for Hakan that that ended up being blocked um, and was, you know, was putting stuff into the box. The service wasn't great, but he also didn't get a ton of time um, defensively. He wasn't troubled. So, you know, I, I don't think everybody was excited about Cuadrado being the signing, but you can't knock the fact that he has qualities that Dumfries does not have. He's played over 300 games in Serie A, so he has the experience and he can definitely give this team a hand. So, from the perspective of uh, of the wingbacks, I liked what I saw today. What about you? Yeah, no, I would agree. You know, even even though I didn't love, like you said, the the turnovers and the misplayed passes from from Dumfries, it is what it is with him. You know, he did have a beautiful cross on the first goal. Um, he wasn't far off of possibly getting a second assist on the ball that was just a little out in front of Turam. And this was a, a solid performance from him overall. You know, I can't really knock him too much. I know uh, I don't want to upset Julian. So his boy, his boy came came on good, even though he did give away the ball in the first half. That was a little in a, in a dangerous situation that I was worried could could lead to a goal, but it, thank goodness it didn't. Um, he is much yeah. better at low driven in crosses. Like he's he's much better when he has to place uh, the ball in the air. It's not that great. So. I don't. I don't think he is that good at crossing. I think he's he, he he had a good game crossing, but I don't think he's that good at crossing. I feel like he always <laughs> tends to hit his first man, whether it's low, whether it's you know it's it's in the air. Yeah. He, he seems to hit the first man, but the first but that's what he should really, every time. That's what he should be doing because technically, like he does, he's not able to hit beautiful crosses. Like yeah, I, I mean yeah, he that. should definitely keep it on the ground. I would agree with that, but he's uh, yeah, he's just. He is what he is at this point. Yep. I'm not expecting anything with him anymore. We'll see, you know, also the wingback situation. So Pavard just liked another uh, post from Inter. He's been liking them throughout the game, um, which is an interesting story. Obviously, you know, all the reports are that he really wants to come to Inter and they have to try to figure it out. A um, The biggest holdup is that Bayern wants a replacement, and we'll see how long it takes them to to get that done. So yeah, why do um, they always it, need? A, why do they always need a replacement before they let? So I mean, I, I get it to an extent, you know, but they, like they just loaned you're, you're, out. You're Bayern Munich. You're Bayern Munich. Like you, you're not. You're gonna you're gonna walk the league again. Nobody got stronger. Maybe Leipzig, Mike, and, and Dortmund might be the only teams that give you a hard time. Even though Dortmund, in my opinion, got weaker, especially when you lose a guy like Bellingham. Yeah, you know, that's gonna always be a tough one to replace. Like. You have nothing to worry about. What What are you worried about? There's nothing to worry about. Just if the guy wants to go, let him go. Like if you're just going to have him riding on the bench anyway, what does it matter? Have you seen the video during the friendly that they had? Oh He's, my gosh. Yeah. He looks miserable. He looks, he looks so, absolutely miserable. And like, that's not good. Keep someone like that? No, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that, that's not good for the locker room. And if it was somebody at Inter, I would want to get rid of them, you know, the same way. I'd be like, if, if somebody 100%. was was putting up that kind of face after scoring a goal and, and just pouting, I'd be like, get out of here. Like, I don't want people, at, like I've always said, I don't want people at my club who don't want to be here. Yeah. 35 like is a lot for an expiring contract, but I think that he is but like, you're worth not gonna it. Get a, like, yeah, and you're not going to get a better offer. Like, just take the money. 
and yeah. use that to go find a replacement. Like you're going to tell me they can't find one. Yeah. But the reason that I brought up the Pavard likes is because when we talk about Dumfries, Pavard coming into the team would allow Darmian to get more minutes as uh, the right wing back. So I'm curious to see how that situation is going to evolve. I I can see Inzaghi not using Darmian strictly as a backup at right center back, but actually playing him as a right wing back. Um, uh, see, I we'll think he would, and only because Bisa could play right or left, and then you would just slot Bisa in to back up Bastoni. Yeah, that's just that's I'm just surprised. That's... I mean, who knows? I, Obviously, we, this is all we're all speculating what we think could happen and what you know where yeah. Puka slot where or whatever. I don't. But think it is that good to have put, options. Hundred percent. I don't think you would put Darmian though back at right wing back just because then you're well, you got a log jam of right wing backs then you know between three different guys. So, but it is good know. to have the it is good to have the depth in in case of an injury of to either Cuadrado exactly. or Dumfries. Like being able to exactly. have a versatile player like Darmian is is helpful. Let's talk, you know, talking about the defense, um, there's not a ton to say because they weren't put under a lot of pressure. The guy was was good in the challenge. Um, Darmian didn't didn't offer much today. Like it was a it was a classic Darmian performance of just being solid. Bastoni was pinging those balls all over the field, which is really, really oh, good I mean, to see. Yeah. He looks like he's in midseason form already, and I am so happy. Yeah, and he needs to be because his development, his continued development is um is really important for this team. Bisek gets minutes, um, which I was surprised. Uh, you know, from the first game of the season, we're we're getting to see the kid that we just signed from from the Danish league. Um, he's a physical specimen. Really got you know really was roughing it up uh, during the corners. We didn't see much of him in terms of his touch. I think he had like one completed pass or something like that. Um, he didn't get a ton of minutes, but it was good to see the kid. Um, any comments on on the defense before we talk about the uh, the goalkeeper? Uh, no, just you know, Devry looked very good. I was very impressed with his performance. Very happy that he seemed to be a little more vocal in defense. I wonder if because not that he relied on 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 screen ER to, to be the leader back there so much. But I think he just, you know, took a backseat to him because he didn't have to be. He, he felt like a little more in control, a little more vocal back there. Um, definitely good with his challenges. His timing seemed really good on his challenges of opportunities in the box. He had a couple of really good blocks as well. Um, yeah, no, very, very happy with the def- defense, of course, overall. You know, Darmian was, he never wows you. Not that he never wows you. He'll wow you every now and then, but he never disappoints. He is just a constant professional, always solid. And Bastoni was Bastoni, like like you said. Yeah. So I am uh, very pleased with the defensive performance, and I'm hoping that this continue to be carried on throughout the season. I So let's talk about the goalkeeper. I found myself being really like hopeful that Somer would do everything right because the discourse around him – like. You know, for example, Nima on the Italian football podcast, he's, you know, said that Somer is, you know, potential for flop of the season. And there is a lot of pressure on him because he is replacing Onana. You saw it. You saw it today. Like they are two different kinds of goalkeepers. Somer is much more in the classic style shot stopper kind of keeper. I think he did well with his passing, but, you know, you can tell he's on the ball. It's different than when Onana would be on the ball and you know that he's pinging something 
perfect into uh, a forward running into a channel. That's not where you're going to get from Somer. I think the one – he was solid today. He didn't have to do much. One action that I think people are going to make more of a fuss about it than they should is his uh, – he spilled the ball into the area on a shot. One of Onana's biggest strengths was that rebound control. Um, I I have to watch it back. I don't know how, how much he could have done to divert it into a less dangerous position. But there was one moment where, you know, shot comes in and he saves it directly into uh, the middle of the box where there was a couple of Munza players um, waiting. Luckily, it didn't it didn't hurt us. But did you see anything from him, how his style of play um, played out today that that would concern you? No, nothing concerned me, to be honest. I don't I don't I don't like that people are, are putting this much pressure on him and, and the position because of Onana. Like everybody knew, no matter who we brought in, even if it was Trubin, even if it was whomever, uh Mamardashvili, whatever it was gonna be, there were gonna be a massive downgrade to Onana in distribution, in terms of rebound control. I, that was my favorite thing about him last season was his ability to control shots, not give up rebounds in the box. He could catch balls, be secure with them. Like even shots that would bounce in at him, he was able to bring him into his chest, no problem. I was extremely impressed with his ability to control that and and not give up rebounds. I, I don't know what you expect. Like I don't know what 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 Inter fans are expecting. Like the he was never gonna be the same type of goalkeeper. And although he does have some passing ability in his game, it's not even half of what Onana is able to do. So it's like, why are you getting all worried about one opportunity? Like, the ball was coming into him. If he, there was no way he was going to be able to parry it around the, the net or have it go outside for a corner. Like, to get to the way he did, it was probably only going to go one place. Now, maybe Onana does better with that. Maybe Onana is able to to secure it because he is a little bit more athletic and he is taller. Yeah. Um, but like to compare, you're you're comparing. It's almost I'm trying to think of a good parallel. It, it's you could even say it's almost like going from prime Buffon to Marco Amelia. You know, like that, it's that big of a gap in, in my opinion. Not that, not that Summer is not as good as Amelia. He's three times the goalkeeper he is. But I'm just saying, like, you're going, like, that's how much of an impact Onana had last season. In my yeah. opinion, he was the most valuable player all year in everything. He was the best player in, on, in the Champions League, in my opinion, as well. The fact that he wasn't in the team of the season is a crime. Like, I don't know how you put Courtois in there, especially when Onana had the most clean sheets. And had to have the most shots faced. I mean, that's I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. How? Whatever. You have to curb your expectations with this. Now, like I was worried to be honest. When there was a shot Gallardini took from outside the eighteen, I was honestly worried that that ball was gonna bounce weird and then trickle in over the like it was gonna go off a of summer somehow and slip through his legs, whatever, and go in to the goal. I was yeah. actually worried, and I was like. This will end his career at Inter if he does this. Clean save, easy. He collected it. But I feel like he is going to be under a lot of scrutiny no matter what he does. If he gives up a blunder, if he gives up a a penalty or something, people are going to nitpick at him no matter what. And it's going to bother me. 
because yeah. we knew what we were getting. We're getting a 34-year-old stopgap. The whole point was really to get him and a Trubin or um, Bento from Brazil who – who knows? Maybe next summer we can we can go after and and we can see from there. Maybe that guy is the future of, of Inter. But it's like, come on, like, relax. Just give the guy a few games. Let him get into it. Like, I said the same thing when Onana started against Bayern. Like his first start ever is in the Champions League against Bayern Munich. You know, like I was like, all right, let's 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 calm down. Let's give the guy. A ch-. He made ten saves that game. You know, yes, we lost. The guy was still impactful in a lot of ways. He was calm. Even after the goals were given up, you saw him trying to galvanize his teammates and stuff. Sommer's not the same type of vocal leader. He's not. He doesn't have a loud voice, a loud presence. But in my opinion, he's a very good shot stopper. And I would actually argue maybe a better shot stopper than Onana. Onana has better rebound control. But I think I think in terms of actual shot stopping, yeah, I think Sommer might have the edge in that. And it's like people like let him... Let him show you what he's capable. Of. A lot of Inter fans have never really seen him play, aren't really too familiar with his game. He is a very yeah. good and capable goalkeeper. Like let's Well, you let's when we first brought him in, you did say that you think there's potential for him to already be the second best keeper in Serie A behind Manyan, right? When you look at yes. everybody else like, you know, Chesney whatever in terms of play as a goalkeeper, he very well could be the second best keeper in Serie A, but I agree with you that it's going to be a lot of nitpicking. It's not necessarily fair to the player. Um, but, you know, regardless, like, it's his career at Inter is going to be also be defined by how this defense does in front of him, right? You can't, if they're leaking opportunities constantly, like, you know, he's not going to look good, right? The defense has to be good. Um, and he has to play his part, which is, you know, be there when, uh, when the team needs him. So let's see how that, how that plays out. I would also agree that I think he could be the second best keeper in, in Serie A. And I'm hoping that obviously, um, obviously we see that come to fruition. You know, and, so, I, and I, I got, I got a lot of heat for that too, because some people were like Lazio fans, like, "Oh, Provedel won best goalkeeper, and he wasn't even, you know, you're going to say he's, he's better than Provedel." And I'm like, actually, yes, like Provedel had one good season, and he also had the best defense in Serie A last season. Like, that definitely yeah. makes it a lot easier to look better and hide some deficiencies. Uh, it's not a knock on Provedel. It's just, again, it's, it's people who haven't really watched him play. And they're like, oh, he he never won anything in Germany, but well, he was playing. He was playing at Mönchengladbach. Like nobody was winning anything in Germany. He could have been for Dortmund. He could have been here. Could have, it could have been Leipzig. Like it, he still wouldn't have won anything in Germany. So I yeah. just don't understand. Like just just watch the guy. Like, give him a chance. Like do, will he finish the year second best? I don't know. Could he be the best? Maybe. Like could he be the worst signing? Yeah. Like Nima said, he could be the flop of the season. We don't just give him a chance. That's yeah. All I'm asking for. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how the boys played tonight. Um, good performance. Again, like it, this wasn't the most mind-blowing match, but uh, it, it was the first match of the season. And next up is uh, Cagliari away, which, um, you know, the newly promoted side, Claudio Ranieri is uh, is their coach. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if dilly we can keep... Dong. We'll see if we can get this uh, this momentum going. Um, in terms of you know just what to look forward to uh, for the club news moving forward, um, it's Pavard watch, 
right? It's essentially going to be Pavard watch. We'll see how this this thing plays out. But regardless, I believe that we'll bring in at least one other player this summer. He's going to be is, a uh, player by Wednesday. You think by Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I think it's that would probably need in order for that to happen. That would probably need them to get the deal done without them having a, a replacement secured. So let's see just how real they are and, and firm and and you know sticking behind this. I don't think that Inter should be spending forty million euros on uh, an out of contract player. I think you know raising the offer to thirty five to me shows like real seriousness. And I, I think, think thirty five is the highest they'll go. Yeah, maybe thirty five and then like two million in bonuses or something. <sighs> With easily attainable bonuses, whether it be guarantee promotion or top four, I mean, um, you know, guaranteed Champions League or whatever first points earned after February kind of thing. This team so, gets a lot better if Pavard is in it. It, it gets a lot better if Pavard is yeah, in it. He's. I would agree. I would agree. He's a a really 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 strong player, um, and I think he would you know he'd be one of our highest quality players uh in the squad so let's see how things shake out the only other thing really to keep an eye on is going to be if sensi you know they end up retaining him which i think they will do and if something happens on the korea front um both of those things it's looking like sensi is staying and it's looking like korea is staying as well what if al hilal i think it's al hilal what if al hilal comes and says they want hakan and we're like okay 50 million but to take him, you also have to take away off our hands. Yeah, I think for another. Ten. I, like should, I would, I, I would, I would do that two for sixty. They should probably do that. <laughs> they should probably do that. Um, like in all seriousness, not selling Hakam, but if they do come in for an offer, be like you have to get because Korea also. If you look at there, there's been reports like if you look at the amortization of the contracts and so forth, Korea has the highest. I think the highest, almost like a cap hit on the squad. Um the highest uh value on his I don't contract. Think he's the highest, but I think he's top I think he's top three or four. I think yeah, I he's, he's up there. So um yeah so let's see if if we can get him get him out of uh, the club so that we can actually have players that that will contribute. Not to to be you know turning this into a bash Korea thing, but Arnatovic did more in fifteen minutes than we've seen from Korea like in a long time. Um so let's see. Uh, but good result for the boys. Any uh, any parting thoughts, comments, concerns? No concerns. Um, just excited for the next game against Cagliari. Looking forward to see um, what we can do, and maybe we can see a couple more guys get their first goals for the club, and maybe you know a longer cameo for Fratesi. That's it. And uh, I think that game should be should be an easier matchup for us. But but we should also look forward to seeing Oristanio play because he looks like he could be a, a decent little little player that yeah. could probably be a part of Project FTK in the future. Yeah. So. And it's our first game on the on the road, so mm-hmm. you know it's always it's always oh, it's uh, a interesting. Monday game? Yeah, Monday the twenty eighth. Uh, Monday. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So. Let's see. Let's see. It's really good to have Inter back, um, especially after this like really tumultuous Pazza Inter summer. You know, it's there's no break Pazza Inter season, Pazza Inter summer, but it's just really good to be back to be you know in the win column. Um, 
hoping that we can, you know, get Pavard over the line, and then let's do it. Let's go after it. I think they can hey, do, do wanna, it. Do you want to make a fun uh, prediction? A little Just, prediction? I mean, yeah, a little prediction. Like, uh, how, how long do you think we can keep uh, the opening seat, like, win streak going? Okay, let me take a look at these fixtures. So it would be Cagliari, Fiorentina, Milan. Cal- Cal- yeah, Cagliari, Fiorentina, Milan. Empoli, Empoli Sassuolo, Sassuolo, Salernitana. Yeah. Seven, the obvious eight, ones there are Bologna. Fiorentina. Fiorentina Nine, and Milan are the obviously obviously the big ones there. Nine. I think I'm not gonna people are gonna give me trailer. I just I don't even want to hear it really on Twitter. I don't. I've, I've, I honestly think we can go the first nine games, though, undefeated. Not saying we don't drop points. I'm just saying undefeated we can go not, maybe 10, too. Actually, it's Roma 10. So through, De- through to December, we will have played Milan, Fiorentina, Roma, Atalanta, and then we'll go Juventus, Napoli back-to-back at the start of December. At the start of December, <laughs> yeah. Well, end of November, for, last game in November and first game in December. Is yeah, if we can go the first twelve matches, and maybe like go nine wins, three draws, ten wins, two draws, that kind of thing, I'll feel really good about our season. Yeah, this this first Milan derby is going to be really. There's always, there's always a chance for hiccups. I I understand that. Yeah. I, I'm not. You know, we do have some bogey teams that Torino always gives us a hard time. Like anything could happen. Empoli, it's, it's not a like, Salernitana, like always, Bologna. Sass- Look at these teams. Well, lost- I think they're going we, with uh, Cranio. So maybe we can, you know, Cranio. But we lost. Work. We lost to all these teams last year, right? Empoli, we lost. Sassuolo, we lost. Salernitana. I know. I, I know. Different I know. stars, bro. And who knows? Uh, we got Pavard. <laughs> we. I'm happy that you're feeling good. I'm happy that you're feeling good. I think we just needed the team to be back because the discourse around the team and the think, transfer yeah, market, think, it's too you know, much. It's, it, it seems to be it's always the summer that gets us down. And then yeah. once things get going, our tone yeah. kind of changes. I know for it's me, like at people least. I'll forget I'll myself for sure. People forget like this team was in the Champions League final last year. We lost a lot of players, yeah, but, but yeah, we, on paper we, we did downgrade at everything except the midfield. And I think my on paper, I mean, but we'll see how it, you know. I, I definitely thought that there would be a, a, a big step back. I mean, look, I put the team finishing second um, in my preseason top four. Obviously, you know, I picked one team to win because, I, let's be honest, I kind of want to see them crash and burn. And, you know, yeah. I want everybody outside of Inter to crash and burn. Like, let's, I don't I don't really like any other team. Maybe maybe I have a soft spot for, for Genoa and, and Bologna just because of, well, I do, I do like you know Nick Diani's teams and, and Genoa. I mean, listen, they've helped us. They gave us Mota and, and Milito, and that was kind of a a big, big time in our our, our history. So, and who knows? Maybe we'll get uh, Retegi and and some other guy from them and win another treble. I would love it. I would love it. All right, we uh, we are tied for top of the league. Good to go. Um. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.